almighty God we serve today. And it's so good to be in his presence. Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. And we want to experience him today in his fullness. Let him just reveal himself to us through the word and manifest his glory among us. He's still Jesus Christ the same. Amen. The same in every generation, for every need, for every person. Amen. Amen. Still the healer, the deliverer. We look to him today, expecting him to move because he promised he would. Not because we're worthy, not because we're good, because he said he would. Amen. Where two or more are gathered, I'll be there in the midst. And I believe he's in our midst today. So let's speak to him the word today and may he speak to you through the word father in the name of Jesus that we come it's the name that is above all names how we love you today we thank you Lord that you have redeemed us forgiven us cleansed us from sin purged us made us white as snow healed us of our diseases saved us when we were lost And we were lost, Lord. We sure needed a Savior. And we need you today, Lord. We can't do without you. And I I just pray, dear God, that you'll come in your glory today and you'll manifest yourself. You'll bring healing and deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Touch lives and hearts. Lord, I pray as it goes across the world and they listen down in the little dark cloisters of Africa or South Africa down in where every kind of difficulty lays I pray God that today it will be Lord that the sunlight of the word of God will just reach right down and those that were sitting under the shadows of darkness will see a great light Lord that you'll just illuminate us in your presence may none of us go out of here unless we're changed a little closer to you from glory to glory as we view the word as we look clearly into the promises Lord may oh God you step out of the pages of this book called the Bible step out of it walk here among us reveal yourself Lord in a real and living way heal and deliver your children Father we're looking to you but we know we come in your name and at the name of Jesus every knee has to bow and every tongue confess we know when we speak that name and we pray these prayers demons scatter they cannot stand in the presence of the mighty name of Jesus for at the mention of that name they have to bow and fall and know he's Lord he has dominion over every every disease, sickness, trouble, problem that there could be. And what's so wonderful about it, Lord? You are now our king. You may come king one day and reign in the millennium and us with you upon your throne. But right now you're already king of saints. You're my king today. And I want you to know I love you from the depths of my heart. And if there's something... If there's somehow that part of my heart, part of my life, I haven't given to you. I want it all given, Lord. Don't, don't, don't just let me get part when I could give my all. Because I want to serve you with all of my heart. 
And forgive me, Lord. We're only human. Human. While we're here, we make plenty of mistakes. But we're glad that there's a man in glory. And Zion Assessor. Who is there in the physical form and will come one day. And we'll meet him in the air. And we look to you, Lord, for the promise to be fulfilled soon. That's the joy of our heart. That's the hope that we have. That's what keeps us going. Is to know that this life here is not forever. But Lord, we do have a forever life, an eternal one. That one one step into that dimension. Lord, as we one day will, those that are alive and remain, will take a half step toward the theophany. And the theophany will take a half step toward us. Somehow or another, we'll meet together and embrace and be glorified in a moment to be with you forever. I pray that you'll minister to hearts today, speak to lives and hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Enjoyed the song service this morning. We're just looking to the Lord today to speak to us through his word. Amen. I I still want to sing. It's Jesus on the inside. Let's just worship the Lord together just for a moment before we turn to the word. Well, it's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It's Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change in my life. 
praise the Lord. Amen. Will you turn with me to John chapter 14 and verse 12 for our scripture reading this morning. And as we, as we read this, you will notice that it speaks singular to he that believeth on me. But Brother Branham tells us clearly in Christ the mystery that it's just not one person is speaking to. It's talking to the entire bride of Jesus Christ. So verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth him the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live Ye shall live also. What wonderful words of life that is. You can be seated. God willing, after the service today, Brother Timothy and I will be traveling, going down to um, first uh, to Destin, Florida. Um, Brother Joe Winters and his uh, Marion sister, Becky Weeb, and uh, they're having a little wedding down there. Actually, they have been... Um, she's Canadian, so they've, they've already done the legal part of the ceremony, but we will be doing the uh, religious side, if, if you want to call that, uh, that way down there in Destin, and we'll move on from there down to Brother Danny Steeman's, and uh, it's uh, their church anniversary meetings, and so Brother Timothy and I will be ministering there this next weekend. And uh, while we're away, you got, while we are away, you've got wonderful ministry here, Brother Joe and Brother... Brother Aaron will be ministering to you, so you will be tremendously blessed, I know. Amen. So, um, you know, I, I just, as I reminisce for a moment, going back oh, maybe four or five years ago now, I, I met um, a little, little sister Anderson down there. She said, Brother Tim said, I, I've been wanting to see you again. Said, I, I met you many, many years ago back in the... Well, it was in the 70s and said, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to share with you a testimony. She was the, the wife of a pastor and he's already gone on to be with the Lord. But she said, I wanted to, I wanted to share with you a testimony. She said, I was, I was a little girl uh, and uh, was only uh, four years old, four to five years old. And um, I uh, had been taken to the doctors by my parents because um, I... I just, you know, didn't, was very handicapped and, and I did not have uh, my, my mind. I just had very little brain function, was severely retarded. And um, she, um, she said that as, uh, when she went uh, to the doctor, the doctor told her, said, and of course this was back in the, the must have been the 1940s, um, late 40s that, um, you know, where... She uh, was taken to the doctor, and she said, um, 
um, the doctor said, you know, there's no, no hope. Medically, there is absolutely no hope for, for this little girl. We can't do anything for her. And you know, there's many things that are still out of the reach of modern medicine. Right? Amen. They, they have no solution for it. But anyway, in this situation, um, they uh, had told him that there was just really no hope medically. So uh, he, the, the, the doctor said, um, if I were you, I would find somebody who believed in prayer. And I would take her to, well, he said, I would take her to some Pentecostal somewhere and let them lay hands on her and pray for her. And, and um, so the parents said, well, we are Pentecostal and we, uh, we certainly will take our child for prayer. Well, they heard over in De Quincey, Louisiana, which is um, kind of close to the, where we had the youth camp down in DeRitter, said down in De Quincey, Louisiana, we have heard that, that uh, there is a prophet of God, William Branham, who is um, preaching meetings down there and holding divine healing services. So they took the, the little girl to the meetings, and as they went there, they went through the prayer line, and Brother Branham prayed for her, and she was completely and totally healed, the retardation gone, restored completely, and served as a pastor's wife for many years. And, you know, God's still God. And he's not just God of the past. Amen. I brought you even to present tense to our age, but listen, it didn't die with the prophet of God. Amen. When Brother Branham died, Jesus didn't die. He died 2,000 years ago and he rose again and come to show us and prove to us his resurrection power. So God is still God and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above that which we're able to think or ask. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 as we look into the scripture, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how many believe you have that spirit? Then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So we have a promise, those of us who possess his Holy Spirit in our life, that he will quicken our mortal bodies by his spirit. And, and of course, there are many, many quickenings of the spirit. There will be quickenings from sin and to, and to life. There will be quickenings from sickness and to health. There is quickening, of course, for the resurrection. Because I believe when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is God's claim on your body for the resurrection. Now then I turn to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7 as we read this together. But what things were gain to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. And then he says these notable words. That I may know him and the power.
power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. So today we're going to be speaking about resurrection power in a resurrected people. Now, Paul said these words that I might know him. And he also said these words that if um, the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. And then Jesus said these wonderful words that yet a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you live also. So he promised that the church would continue to see him, even though physically he wouldn't be with us. But he would be with us in, in, by, by the Spirit of God, not leaving us comfortless. So as we, as we know and speak and we walk in the resurrection power, Sin loses its hold on us. And sickness and disease must leave. Resurrection power is the spirit of God. It is the life of God. And and we will not be defeated by anything in this life. You You need to write that down. We will not be defeated by anything in this life. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that the greatest power is God's power and nothing can overcome it. And so as I speak today, we know the world is rocking now with the news of a new variant of the COVID virus as it scourges South Africa and travel bans are put there and governments of the nations tried to stop it. And our vaccines are now considered ineffective or at least thought ineffective and and, and, uh, more death is coming because we are on the eve of the tribulation. We can already feel the hot winds blowing. We see the clouds coming in. We see darkness coming upon our nation, upon our world and in our families. Remember, you know, it's, it's like in Revelation 9 where, that, where, where that, um, that hell is opened up and the smoke from, the, from that place comes and, and to the earth and blocks the light of the sun. And we're, we're seeing the darkness coming that is blocking the light of the Son of God off of so many lives today, all from our nation. We just stop for a moment for Thanksgiving, but I wonder, I wonder how many real believers that there are even left in the world today. You know, people are giving, you know, a lip service to Thanksgiving, but really, you know, is there, is there real reality where they can say that I know him? That I know him, that I have experienced him, that I, I, I know who he is. I've met him myself. But here we are, it's on the eve of tribulation. And as I said, the smoke permeating like smoke does, it's, it, it, it saturates every fiber of humanity. It gets into every crack and, and corner of humanity. It's in our schools, it's in our colleges, it's in the fabric of, of home life, it's everywhere. 
that is getting in there. And I'll tell you what, as that death angel comes in, you gotta have a token, the Holy Ghost. It must be applied to your life. And this cannot be just as a cliche that we use. I've got the token, you must possess the Holy Ghost in your life and apply him in every situation. Plague's coming. Modern science will curse, and they'll curse God because there's nothing they can do. Now, Paul says that I might know him. It's a very important thing, especially in this hour. It was important in every hour, but now we're coming down to the end. Not merely know about him, but to know him and the power of his resurrection. When, when a, a person is healed, that's the power of the resurrection. When a person is saved, that is resurrection power at work. And that's what this church must have in this hour. Because not only did Jesus need a resurrection to prove his claims, just think of it. He said, I'll lay my life down and I'll raise it up again. Destroy this temple. I'll raise it up in three days. You know, he made claims, but had he not raised, then all of his claims would have proved how false he was. Amen. So he had to have the resurrection to prove that he was really the Lord over the dead, the Lord over hell, the Lord over the... Amen. Uh, every demon power that there was because he had to prove he was truly Lord, ruler. And the resurrection proved his claims. But you know, it's not just Jesus that needs a resurrection. The church needs a resurrection. You see, as Brother Branham said it in the Easter seal and see in the hour that we're living in, we need an Easter in the church resurrection we need a resurrection listen now to power faith a resurrection to power faith notice amen men and women to stand out for what God for that which is God's vindicated word so we need a resurrection to power faith because for far too many faith is dead So how do you know it's dead? Well, faith without works is dead. And the works have ceased with too many. Amen. When they should be doing the works of Jesus, the works have ceased. Amen. So their faith is dead. But it is not a time to be faithless. This hour calls for resurrection and rapture in faith. Brother Branham said in the evening messenger, he said, bring back the church to the word. Now, what is this messenger of Malachi for to do? Restore back the original faith, the resurrection faith. Amen. That they seen Jesus after he was raised from the dead, seen him working among them. It must restore resurrection faith. You see, as I said, it's a time of great trouble upon the earth. It's a time of diseases and viruses that mutate and come again and again. It's the scourge of the world. And it's unstoppable and uncontrollable. 
You get one vaccine, you got to have another. You get that one, you got to have another booster. And you get that one, and they want another booster. And, and it, because it's unstoppable and uncontrollable, new ones now coming that vaccines have no defense against. So you can see already the winds, and, the, and you can tell the signs of the oncoming judgment. We are closer than we've ever been. But I want to just remind you there's something else that is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. It's something else that is coming. Besides, besides tribulation and viruses and, and, and terrible diseases and plagues, there's something else that is coming. As Brother Bradham would say in the token, I'm looking for a time of a break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're now in and for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for a rapture in faith just before it comes. Hallelujah. Amen. So not only can we feel that wind blowing, but there's another wind blowing. I can feel, amen, a mighty wind blowing. Amen. And it's moving through our lives. It's turning our lives and our hearts around. Amen. It's a mighty rushing wind as he pours out his spirit upon his church. And I believe we're now at the time that the word should have preeminence. I believe it's time to lay aside our creeds and our thoughts and come back to the word. Come back to the word. Not to a dead creed. But a word with resurrection power, with anointing, with life. Amen. Something that is more than mechanics. Mechanics, Brother Bradham said, doesn't run the automobile. It's the dynamic that runs it. Mechanics don't run the church. It's the dynamics. The Holy Ghost gets into that, that gets into this word is not a seminary. Oh, God, I think of how, you know, for, for now, it seems like almost 50 years, we have educated ourselves into the message. We have made seminary and lectures and, and ministers instead of being preachers. You know what makes a preacher? Signs following. When you preach, amen, he demonstrates the power of God. And we have become lecturers. Educated in the message. Are you with me? Amen. Discerning all our theology and Greek interpretation. But he said, it's the dynamics of the Holy Ghost in there to set that afire and bring it to pass and to make it live just exactly what the word promised for is for this hour. Not the mechanics, the dynamics. It takes the mechanics and dynamics, the word and the spirit. They are the one that gives life. Can't be one without the other. Seemed like we went down through times, you know, where it's like clipping the wings of a chicken. You clip one wing and he just flops around. He can never get over the fence. So we'll clip off the dynamics and favor the mechanics. Or we'll clip off the mechanics and favor the dynamics. It takes both. 
It takes both spirit and in truth. It takes a balanced walk. One can't be out of balance. Are you with me? Amen. You can't just get on the emotional side and there's no life to go with it. Amen. You can't just get over on the word, word, word side and there's, there's no joy. There's no emotion. There's no, no, no enthusiasm. There's no, come on somebody. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about dynamics. And I'm talking about what Brother Branham talked about, the stimulation of revelation. We get so revelated, we call it, but our wine ain't got any stimulation in it. It's done lost his fizz. Lost the juice. What we have ought to make us happy. It ought to make us rejoice. It ought to make you want to shout. Amen. You say, Brother Tim, but you know, we're, we're studious with our, with our horn-rimmed glasses on and we, we've got it all down and you know, we're, we're, we're nerdy message believers. And the word laying there without life in it. Now, I want to just remind you that this end time requires more of the Holy Ghost, not less. Amen. The, dynamic, the dynamics of this church, Brother Bradden said, will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. That we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up just exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years will rise in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight to the skies. The dynamics is the Holy Spirit. Again, Brother Branham talks about this and world falling apart. Well, then he spoke right here in Shreveport. I more than likely was there. I was a little bit younger then and don't remember particularly this service, but nevertheless, you know, it, it, it's his promise for this hour. We look in the Bible. We see it everywhere through the Bible. Anointed ones come and make that word live again. Let's stop just for a moment. Anointed ones. So, well, Brother Tim, we don't want to be these anointed ones at the end time. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The anointing's never sent for the terror. They just happen to be in the same field. And because they're shouting, we can't shout. Because they're rejoicing and get moisturized by the rain, we can't rejoice. What do you mean? It was sent for us. The rain was not sent for the unbeliever. It was not sent for the tares. The rain was sent for the wheat. And it ought to make the wheat raise their hands up and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is what happened when the seals were opened to John. He didn't sit there with his horn rimmed glasses on and say, I've got more understanding now than you do. Amen. Something more to argue about and fuss about and fuss with. Amen. But what was it? He said, when I saw the lamb had taken my place. Amen. And paid my debt and opened the book I couldn't take. Amen. It was an intercessor for me. Everything heard me shouting, praising God. It ought to make you want to shout. 
Anointed ones come on and make that word live again. Right in the hour for that hour. And we've got the Messiah. This is him, the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word remains God. Hebrews 13, 8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know what's supposed to take place in this day. We're wanting a Messiah. And God gave us the Messiah. His promised word to anoint it and to make it live again. Yes, sir, a real Messiah, it's the word of God. And both heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away, said Jesus. So what is the word waiting for? He said it's waiting for somebody. I don't believe that's just one person. Don't try to make another Messiah. Don't make your favorite preacher the Messiah that's going to do it. You know, we've, we've already had the, the apostle and we've already had the teacher and we've all had all of these and these are all greater than even the prophet God sent. And they made messiahs at them and had their little camps and their little groups that followed and rallied around their messiah and what did bring another little denomination? Amen, another death camp. Are you with me? Amen. But, but let me tell you something here. The word is waiting for somebody. Can we be one of those somebodies? Amen. Somebody with faith to anoint it and to make it live again. Hallelujah. Now, again, three kinds of believers. And I read this quote last Sunday. And I'm not having dementia. I know what I did. But the reason I believe that when the bride is called out and elected and set in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that it takes such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that it take her from the earth in a rapture and grace. God promised it. Now, a sound from heaven that it takes such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride then that should be the inoculation we're looking for. Not from some, something by J&J or something from Pfizer or whoever else. Amen. But the real inoculation. Amen. That will inoculate you from unbelief. That's sin. That's a lot worse disease than COVID. Are you with me? Amen. But now Brother Branham tells us it's the same Holy Spirit that saved the Lutherans. Now they were justified. You know, that sanctified the Methodists, that baptized the Pentecostals, is sitting in order the coming of the Lord Jesus when it will be so powerful that that body will, that body will come into this group of church that will draw the rest of them from the grave, there will be a resurrection. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. Hallelujah. That's why we need him in this hour. It will be so powerful. Amen. That, that it will come in this group of church that will draw the rest of them. Hallelujah. Can you imagine something that comes so powerful in the living? Those that are alive and remain, it'll draw the rest of them from the grave. Hallelujah. 
a people then with resurrection life, with a resurrection power in them. Question answers on the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, say to this mountain, you've heard about what's been taking place. That's the ministry we're entering into. We're way up the road now, soon to come into the Lord Jesus. And we've got to have rapture and faith in that church that can be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye to go out or we'll not go. But don't worry. Oh, I love this. It'll be there. Hallelujah. Don't worry. It'll be there. Amen. And when the power of this church rises, it'll bring its brethren. And the power of that church rises will bring its brethren. And the power of that church will bring the other brethren and there'll be a general resurrection. Hallelujah. The power in this church rising. Don't look for less power. Look for more power. Resurrection power. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in the message paradox, Brother Branham said, for me to live is Christ. Hallelujah. I believe the same God that fell on the day of Pentecost upon his church as a pillar of fire divided himself with cloven tongues among his people is here tonight. It's the same God, and he was then, he is today, with the same Holy Ghost. I know it's a paradox. It cannot be explained. Emotion, screaming, crying, and so forth cannot be explained, but it is a paradox how God does it. It's the unseen God dwelling in the human heart, making himself visible by vindicating his word that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what wonderful words are that? Look at what's promised. Look at what is happening. Because I can just tell you, it's not something that is in the future. Amen. It's something that's already present. Hallelujah. I mean, come on. We look over here and we can see the plagues coming. And we can see some of them already present. Pre-tribulation plagues coming up on the earth. Can't you see all of that? Well, then what about the, the believer? They ought to be able to see more than the demon powers that are spreading out. They ought to see the life of light. Amen. It's here among us. Jesus Christ, who is alive, who's not dead, but alive. I love this quote here. Because Brother Branham speaks about it in God's covenant with Abraham and his seed. He said, Jesus constantly was fear not, fear not. Remember, we've been reading Revelation chapter 1 for the last couple of services. I didn't read it this morning, but I'm still preaching on it. Fooled you, didn't I? Fear not. That was the words that he said to John. Fear not. Amen. I like what he said in the church age book. He said, I have not come to bring you, I have not come to bring you fear and failure, but I have come to bring you love and courage and ability. Hallelujah. Fear not. I am with thee always to the end of the world. Didn't we just read that? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Fear not. And the Christian keeps sitting back. Oh, I, I just wonder. Oh, my. He said, turn loose. Get all the things away from you and say, Mr. Satan, you are defeated. 
Jesus Christ stripped you of every power you had when he died at Calvary, and you're nothing but a bluff. And you can't bluff me. Amen. I'm made out of that stuff that don't bluff. That's what come from Calvary. Hallelujah. Don't bluff it. Go receive it. Amen. How many can say this morning you've been made out of stuff that won't bluff? You've received a word. You've received a promise. You've received an experience. You've received the indwelling Christ. You know him. And because you know him, because he's appeared to you. Hallelujah. Don't you know, church, we're right here in the Emmaus walk again. And he's walking among his church even now. Jesus Christ showing himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you know the Emmaus walk is going on? And he's walking along with you, and he's expounding the scriptures, and he says, but that was me there in Moses, and that was me back there in Elijah, and that was me back there in Jeremiah, and that was me. Oh, are you with me? Amen. That was me all the way down through. That was me. I was there, and he opens up the scripture and opens up their understanding and makes it know, I've never left you. I'm right here. I'm not dead. I'm the risen Christ. Hallelujah, I'm the same yesterday, today, or forever. Amen, I won't fail. I didn't fail back then. I won't fail you now. Amen. It's the Emmaus walk where he's revealing himself. Stepping out of your shadows, walking down along with you and showing you he's Christ the same. Why? He got to have a people in this day that's made out of different stuff. Stuff that won't bluff. But oh, there is a church that is bluffing. They pretend to be the bride of Christ. Remember, that's how the Antichrist started his ride. He was on... A white horse pretending. Pretending, impersonating Christ. I think today, you know, there's a lot of pretension going on. You know, we'll pretend he comes down when we push play. And we pretend we turn the ministry or the, the message over to Brother Branham. And we pretend that he's serving us communion. And we put prayer cloths in front of the, of the speakers and we pretend that he's praying over the prayer cloths. And we turn the whole thing into pretension. Too many are just pretending to be Christians. Pretending to really believe. And they're bluffing. That's the way the Antichrist come out. He come out with a bow and no arrows. He had a claim, you know, and he had a profession. But he had nothing to go with it. As he said in the first seal, he's a bluff. He has no power. You say, the power of the church. He said, where's it at? I'm just quoting your prophet. What do they do? We're the original church. The original church cast out devils. It healed the sick. It raised the dead. It saw visions and everything else. Where's it at now? See, he's a bluff, a bow with no arrow. 
And that's exactly the pretentious that, that we are, we've come down to around the message. We're presenting a Christ who has no arrows. He did it 50 years ago. He did it in the past, but he don't do that today. You see, that was only for his ministry. John 14, 12 was only for William Branham. You see, um, you know, we, we're not to have divine healings. We, we shouldn't have prayer lines. There, there shouldn't even be altar calls anymore. You see, what is it we, we want to, we're presenting a Christ that has a bow but no arrow. And that's not Jesus. That's the Antichrist. Amen. Because the real Jesus don't just have a bow. Come on. Hallelujah. There's a sword comes out of his mouth. When he speaks, demons flee. Amen. When he uses the word. Amen. There are healings. There are deliverance. There's salvation. In the rising of the sun, Brother Bradham tells us the very message of the gospel itself. And let me remind you about the gospel. I want you to remember about the gospel just for a moment. Let me deviate just a second. Because it is only until this age that we've come back to the pure gospel of Christ. Jesus said this gospel. Not the Methodist gospel, the Presbyterian gospel, and the, but this gospel must be preached in all the world and then the end shall come. Now, the message of the gospel then has not returned until this day when God turned his back to the original faith. Well, we got things that old, old Paul didn't have. You better not. Certainly we understand the symbols in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation wasn't written until Paul left. After he was gone, then the book of Revelation was written. Paul didn't know the book of Revelation. He didn't need to know it. It wasn't sealed to him. The book was not sealed to him. It was the Antichrist spirit that come forth that began to close the book on the promises and on the truths of the word and began to seal it up. Amen. But you see, it's in this day, there's been a clearing of the deed. Hallelujah. Amen. And the debts and the liens that was against us of false doctrine has been lifted off the church. That's why we can take a rapture. Luther couldn't take a rapture because, you see, the accuser could say, but you got my baptism, a Trinitarian baptism, but you still got my catechism. You see, Wesley couldn't take a rapture, same thing. Come on, Azusa Street couldn't take a rapture, the same thing. But you're living in a day and hour where the Lamb has taken the book and he's loosed the seals and he's opened up the title deed of redemption to make you the people of the book. This is your land. And in this land, here it's defining here, this is the land. This is our borders from Genesis to Revelation. Do you know that's from Eden to Eden? Have you ever looked at it? Do you realize that it starts out with Eden and it ends with Eden? And I, John, saw the news Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. 
amen, where he will bring heaven back down on the earth and God again will dwell with his people and walk with man again. Come on, somebody. Amen. Everything in between is a story of redemption. But brother, we can look with our eyes set on the end. Hallelujah. There's coming a day where heaven will come back down upon earth. It was lifted back when sin entered into Eden. And God said, you can't live here. And he closed Eden's gates. And the entrance to there was forbidden to man. But we're coming back to his entrance again. Hallelujah. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You plan a redemption. The very message of the gospel itself is to prove to the people that he's risen. Go tell my disciples I'm risen from the dead. I'll meet with them to confirm this to them. Oh God, how in this last day there shall be light again across the earth and I'll prove to my disciples. Go tell them I'm not dead. I'm not a tradition. I'm a living Christ. I'll meet them. Take this message to my disciples that I'm risen from the dead. That's our message today. They tried to seal him in a Baptist tomb, in a Methodist tomb, in a Pentecostal tomb. Amen. But the seals were broken off of it. Come on, somebody. Amen. He raised there showing he's Christ alive. The same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what's got to be preached. You say, is that right? Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We, his beneficiaries, are to prove his life is in us. Now, the beneficiaries of this life, notice, we are to prove his life is in us. The life, there was never a life like it, lived like it. He was the son of God, and he died, and that shut it out. But when he raised again from the dead on Easter morning, then we as his servants are commissioned by him to go into all the world and bring this good news to every person that he's a living. And how can we do it by word only? See, that's what we've tried to do. Too much of our mission work has been just changing their philosophy, showing them a, you know, some mysteries that's been revealed and, and then go baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. That's a good step. It'll get you as far as the tribulation. Are you with me? Amen. You got to have the token to get out of here. The Holy Ghost must come. Amen. It is is more than just believing the message. That is Baptist theology. We have trained you. You know, we, we have been so afraid of Pentecost and they're pushing you to some gift or tongues or, or emotion or whatever else until we went the, all the way the other way until we become Baptists. Lutherans. Just say, I believe Jesus is my Savior. Okay, you're saved. We believe when you, in the words of Joel Osteen, we believe when you prayed that simple prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord and my Savior. Okay, now everybody clap your hands because 
We believe when you did that, you were born again. You wasn't born again. That's not the new birth. That, 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 is, that is just the first stages of justification. Where you confess that he's your Lord and you confess and ask forgiveness of sin. That's justification. You ain't even sanctified. Amen. You got a lot of them justified people that are still smoking, drinking drugs, everything else. And you know, well, one day, you know, you're going to just grow out of it. You won't grow out of it. Amen. It's, it's got, listen, you got to die to sin. In order for there to be a new birth, you've got to die to sin. People want to come along even in the message and say, well, you know, yeah, I know I got drunk last week, but, you know, hey, uh, you know, I didn't lose the Holy Ghost. No, you didn't lose it because you never had it. I promise you, you didn't lose nothing. I mean, you never got anything. You ever got the Holy Ghost in your life? No more drinking anymore. Amen. Sin is dead as midnight. Come on, church. Your old lust devil is dealt with. Your pornography is out the window. It's never returning again. You are walking in victory when the Spirit of God comes into you. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I'll put my spirit in you, and I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and do them. People want to live filthy lives and claim the Holy Ghost. You're not, you don't have the Holy Ghost. That's a filthy spirit. Not the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat it again. God does not come to save you in your sins, but from your sins. Now that makes people uncomfortable. It leads to. Because what are you going to do when we stand there at rapture day and you're left behind? You don't have a ticket, a token. And some preacher has preached you happy, satisfied, just to warm a pew of a message church and you belong to the clique and the clan. And you can recite to creeds and say, well, I believe this and I believe that. And I believe God sent a prophet. So does the devil. He knows it. So I believe God is one. Well, the devil does too, and he trembles. Amen. You don't have to convince the devil of serpent seed. He's the one that did it. Come on. Amen. Well, you know, you, 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 hey, you got there. You got as far as the devil gets. Go a little further. Get sanctified. Get them old habits out. Let sin be burned out of your life. Be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. How can we do it by word only? For it's written, the gospel came not by word only, but through the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to prove that he's alive. You see, what we have today is another gospel. Jesus, or actually Paul, would be the one to say that there would be one who would come that would so impersonate Christ that he would sit in the temple of God and he proclaim himself as he was, as if he was God. And so, you see, in the beginning, God created man. In the last day, men are creating their own God. So, you know, you have a Catholic God who has to 
mind his mother. Right? The Catholics have their own God. They got their own Jesus. They made a Jesus that has to mind mama. So if you really want something from him, don't talk to him because, you know, he's got this hard heart, you know, and he's not going to listen. But if you can get his mother to listen to you, she can appeal to the heart of Jesus who will appeal to the heart of the Father. And I don't know who he appeals to. And Father is really delinquent. He really don't really care about you. It's the heart of Mary who gets the heart of the son who really cared about you who, and somehow or another. But the Baptists have their own. Methodists have their own. Their halls of theologies have crafted their own Jesus. And Paul told us that there would come this falling away. And he, and he said actually that God would be worshipped, or this uh, Satan would be worshipped as God, but in the last day, the mask would be taken off of him. And we would see who it really was that people are worshipping. Amen. Now, so as you, if you look at it just for a moment, I want you to understand, you see, we, it's, they, they've turned to another gospel and if we're not careful in this message, we'll make another Jesus. In fact, if you're not careful, you make Brother Branham Jesus or equal to him. Or you'll demote Jesus until he's just another man and really, you know, he ain't no different from any of us and just our elder brother. And what kind of spirit is in this that was once to try to attack this message that would try to make Brother Branham God and Jesus less than God. If there's another gospel, as Paul spoke to one of the groups, I'm so surprised you have turned to another gospel, which there is no other but a make-believe to a denominational fiction turning from that good news. And because I live, you live also. And I live in you and the works that I do, John 14, 12, the works that I do will identify myself in you. What a message. No wonder we had a dark world of theology. But in the evening time, there shall be light again. There is a resurrection in the evening time. Did somebody hear that? Amen, it shall be light in the evening time. And the very essence of the, ne- of the message that was sent is that he is risen from the dead. And we, his beneficiaries, we who shared the resurrection with him, draw benefits from this by proving to the world that he is alive. We cannot do it by word only. We cannot do it by some tradition of man. We only reflect exactly what we are pointing to. And I'm afraid today that too many of us are not getting people to Christ. We're getting them to a church, to a theory, but we must, listen here, we must get them to Christ. He's the only one and the only one that has life. He that has the Son has life. And if the life of a dead, a man that's dead and being projected in you, you'll live the same life he lived. 
If the blood was a certain type, you took that blood from a man, changed the blood from one man to another, you'd absolutely be that type blood. And if your spirit that's in you is reckoned dead and you're anointed with the life that was in Christ is upon you, Romans 8, 11, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal body. That same life, them same powers, them same benefits that he had here on earth from God. He redeemed you a seed that was foreknown by God whose names was put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to announce today there has to be a bride. Who are the people of the resurrection? Who are prepared, amen, to meet the bridegroom? God has left it for this last age for there to come a bride without a spot or wrinkle or blemish that he can present to himself. Not an immature girl. Like in the days of Luther, not a preteen, like in the days of Wesley. That's why this is bride time. This is time when she puts on the full word and walks down the aisle and becomes one with him, takes on his name. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Not, not, a, not, a, not a teeny bopper like the, like the Azusa movement. Infatuated and dazzled with gifts and not the giver. Come on. But a mature elect lady, ready and willing to take on his name. One who has his identity. There's a people of the resurrection who have received a name change. Hallelujah. You know, at a wedding, there is a name change. Amen. The girl completes her name as a, for the last time. Signing a paper where she becomes in union with a husband and she signs her name that way the last time. Let's say you're one of these modern females which reflect in the modern church that won't take on his name. Right? Amen. Because as a a modern female don't want the name or she wants to keep her own name. She wants her own identity. We've got the Pentecostal people today. He said, too many Rickies, too many Elvises. That word Elvis and Ricky, you never heard of that in other days. It's a word. It's the name for this day. It goes with it. It means something. Say a name means nothing. Then why did he change Abram's name to Abraham? Why did he change Saul's name to Paul? Simon's name to Peter? Why did he change his own name? Why did he change Jacob to Israel? Not until he wrestled with the Lord, not until he overcome. And when Jesus overcome death, hell, and the grave, the Bible said he had a new name. And when Jacob overcome, now listen, and if the church can overcome, she will stop saying I'm Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian. Hallelujah. You see, you see, we must stop saying that. Because these are defined in the Bible as blasphemous names or names of blasphemy. Because to be, listen to me now, 
to be called anything besides the name of your bridegroom is the mark of a headless, rebellious woman. Can I say it plainly? A harlot. And Brother Brandon said, when she can overcome her creeds and the world that's drawn into there, she'll come back to being the bride of Jesus Christ. Miss Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. We've done the same thing around. Oh, I'm two souls. I'm Perusa. I, I tell you, we, we're seven thunders. We're, we're, well, listen, church, you've got to die to that name. Amen. When you overcome, you will die to that name and overcome the creeds that, that draw her in there and come back to the bride of Jesus Christ. Miss Jesus Christ. Miss Jesus, Mistress Jesus, wife. See, church, we, we, we are actually in a day, we're actually in a day, and, and I don't want to make a doctrine out of this because we can say we're the bride of Christ, that's fine. But we're actually, because a, a man's wife is always his bride. Right. Amen. But we've actually transitioned beyond that. Amen. We are the Lamb's wife. A bride has a certain rights. She has a certain certain ring. She has certain identity. She is a bride elect. But when she becomes a wife, she becomes co-heir with him. When they get married, he takes on her debt. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he didn't know. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Amen. And when he took me as his bride, amen, and claimed me as his wife, he paid every debt of mine. And I'm free. Not only sin debt, but the unbelief debt of seven ages piled up from misconceptions of ages past, liens that the devil had against us. He took the book and did a title search and searched it all the way back to the beginning. Tell me what age. Tell me what day. That could tell us who the seven stars of Revelation are. Tell me what other age could say these are more than cities there. These are ages. And here's the spirits that dominated them. And here's where we are in the last age. Hallelujah. Amen. You see. The, there again. We, we're a people who have come in with, into marriage rights. Whatever he owns, we own. Whatever we bind, he binds. Whatever we loose, he looses. We are become his representation. We are not truly another person. We have been made one with him. Though we don't lose our individuality, we still have been made one and connected with another. We are no longer single. We are one. 
We do not act independently. We act as one. Now, these people who are the resurrected out of sin and recreated as, they are recreated as a new creation out of the decay of sin and death, resurrected into a new life. There is no smell of death upon them. There is no creed, no smell of a creed, no smell of a dogma. Somebody help me preach. Now, I I want you to understand, to to, to know Jesus, that I may know him, said. You know, it's impossible to understand his ministry and who he is without understanding the the larger view of redemption sweeping salvage plan. You see, his miracles that, that are wrought today are the same miracles as he wrought back there. Amen. They are miracles of restoration. Restoration to health. Restoration to life. Restoration to freedom from demonic possession. Amen. Jesus' miracles of 2,000 years ago and his miracles today provide us with it provides us with the the meaning. They're just samples of, of, of 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 his redemption power. Amen. Freeing a a creation from shackles of sin. Amen. Sickness from evil from, and and a reinstatement of her being the bride that she was at Pentecost. So the resurrection is a reintroduction. That's also what resurrection means. Reintroduction of a bride without spot or wrinkle or blemish. A virgin bride, they are pure without spot. They walk with him in white and they are worthy. Amen. It's the bride of the book of Acts reintroduced. Come on, church. You see, this bride of this last day She has not only been seen in review, but she's been seen in preview. Hallelujah. Uh, You you, you see again, that's exactly what it means to take the title, is to review all the transitions from the original owner. And you review every one of them and then the debts that was incurred uh, during during the time, they all have to be paid and reconciled. I'm so glad we had a prophet in this day and hour who did it through the Holy Spirit, a title search. Listen, church, if he could go back in your life 50 years, he could go all the way back to the days of Paul, Irenaeus, Martin, Luther, Wesley, Come on, to Azusa Street. He can go right back to all of them and search the title. Okay, I I see right here now. Here, it was handed down to this age from Wesley. And this now, it was handed down from Wesley. It was handed from Luther. And from Luther, it's another messenger. And that was Columba. Or, or, and, then, and then there was Martin and Irenaeus, and then Paul. Amen. 
And here's where it started out. The church, the original owner, now coming back. And now we got to clear all the deed. So all the debt is paid. Because it's rapture time. Well, remind you, when I started a series on the people of the book, I started out with, with the discovery of, of the, um, uh, the actual discovery of, uh, of the, the scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls, where a little simple shepherd boy took a stone and threw it down into a dark cave, and he heard something break. And he went down to investigate and he comes back out with the books of Isaiah, the books of the prophets, the sacred scrolls. This was 1948, the same time that Israel became a nation. And it would now give proof. Amen. It would give proof. This book, once it had been brought to light, once it had been unsealed. Come on, church. Once it had been brought to light and unsealed, it proved to the world that Israel was had it first. They were there before the Palestinians. They were there before the Arabs. They were there before the English. They were there before any other nation. Amen. The book gave them the right to the land. Hallelujah, don't you know what God has given in this day? He gave you the right to every divine promise, right to healing, right to miracles, right to salvation, right to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right to true doctrine. Why, a little shepherd boy, a little Kentucky, almost a Bedouin, you know, coming down, a little ignorant boy took and threw a rock of revelation down into the dark cloisters that has been word hidden in darkness for 2,000 years and the seals were broke. Hallelujah, and we heard the noise of a thunder. Amen, and that thunder there was the voice of God speaking out. Amen, and the book is no longer closed. It's an open book. Amen, it's open, and in there is my inheritance. In there is my land. And the devil ain't taking one bit of my land away. I will have healing. I will have miracles. I will have, oh, hallelujah, through salvation. I will have every divine promise of God. I no longer have to walk in darkness. Amen, because the light of lights is here. Mm, hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. We've been both seen in review and preview. He saw the review of the original bride. I don't know about you, but this is even better than Bill Dow going down, I'll meet you at the Blue Boar restaurant. Gasping his last breath under a tent, 90-something years old. See, God can still heal you when you're 90. You live again for many more years, healthy, as a 92-year-old can be. We shouldn't give up on any divine promise. It's for the old. It's for the young. It's for the middle age. It's for all of us. 
When Israel left Egypt, it wasn't just the young people that went. Oh, grandma, <laughs> oh, grandma laying on the cot, drawing her last breath. She was getting ready to leave. How am I going to go? I don't know, Granny. Maybe we can take a, maybe we can take a, uh, and, and, and make a cot. And maybe, you know, your two biggest grandsons can take and the other grandsons can trade out and we'll do it. No, no. God provided a lamb. Go and eat the lamb. This is your communion. Here's your Passover. Amen. Apply the blood. Eat the lamb. Come on. Amen. Drink a little of that wine with that communion. Amen. You're going to be leaving here. Amen. And what did she do? Little granny got over there. Well, I don't know, boys. I tell you what. You know, I... You watch some of these old people sometimes in a birthday party and they go to blow their, uh, their candles out on their cake and you're always afraid they're going to blow their teeth out. <laughs> Granny looking at there, how am I going to eat this lamb? How am I going to, I don't know, Granny, but just try a bite of it. Just try a bite of it. Just try a little bite. Drink, drink, a, little, drink a little of this. Try a little, here's some unleavened bread. There's no leaven in this. Amen, no sin in it, no unbelief in it, just to take a little unleavened bread. Come on, I can't help it, I'm preaching a little bit. Amen, granny gets a bite of it. Mm, Give me a little more. My eyes seem to be a little brighter. Amen, give me another bite of that. Mm, I'll tell you, I feel the, oh my goodness, there there, it is. That crook in my back is straightening out. Amen. Oh, give me one more bite, boys. And out of that bed she comes and says, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. Amen. If you don't go, don't hinder me. I'm going. Hallelujah. And I got some news for you this morning. We ain't leaving a hook behind. We're not leaving our children. We're not leaving our grandchildren. We're not leaving our mothers. We're not leaving our daddy. We're not leaving a hook behind. We're all going. We're going. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Don't you think God provided a lamb for us in this day? Oh, yes. yes, he did. He saw a review of the original bride. He saw the church, pardon me for a moment, but he saw the church as it degraded, degenerated, into a horse, lewd, stripped, naked harlot. Dancing to the tune of rock and roll. And after that, he saw the preview. Remember first he was given a review. Then he was given a preview. And like I said, this is more than Bill Dow's. 
Amen. I'll meet you in front of the building, front of the Blue Boar restaurant and shake your hand. That was enough for Bill Dow to get out of bed. Amen. To be, to have maybe four or five, while he actually lived past the prophet. He would live for all oh, three or four more years. I, 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 I'm not even cognizant of when he really passed away, but he lived for four to, four to five years after Brother Branham passed. But nevertheless, he saw the preview, a display of the bride before she's fully revealed. That's what a preview is. Amen. It's a display of the bride before she's fully revealed or manifested. So he said, when this bride, she was looking at me as I was standing there together. Her eyes, she was the cleanest, sweetest looking people I'd ever seen in my life. Oh God, message people, don't lose that. You don't fit the vision. That means when it's fulfilled, you're not a part of it. When you're dressing like a harlot, when our girls' clothes are melted and poured into, can't move without sinning. When, you're, when, you're, when your skirts are above your knees, when you're standing or sitting, when you got a slit up to the gates of hell. Oh God, amen, you don't fit the vision. I mean, you got to fit the vision. You say, Brother, Brother Tim said, I, I said, I just kind of conform. No, don't conform. Be changed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where you look at sin the way God looks at sin. Like your husband looks at sin. We want to streak our hair this and we can blend them there and we can just keep one step in the world and cleanest, sweetest looking people I ever seen in my life. Looks like there could have been a dozen or more. I don't know. Remember, they're just representing it. I don't know how many was abreast, but there was just a group of them and she passed by sweetly with an air. Her eyes up watching. Hello. As she passed by, and she was beautiful. And I looked at her, and she pa- as she passed by, and he says, now that's the bride. Now we'll con- we'll, we shall review the churches. And when they come, I noticed them coming up. And when they come up, each one looked like God worse. And I've never seen such a filthy bunch in my life. And when I, he said, next, I heard a noise, and here comes the American group. And he said, they were totally naked, except for something gray that they were holding in front of them. As she t- danced to the tune of rock and roll, and when they passed by, there was nothing. They was totally naked. And that fits the scripture, Revelation chapter 3. Because Revelation 3, to the Laodicean age, she is naked. 
stop this for a minute. That nakedness is nothing like, even the nakedness that we're talking about, and, and, and there's too many that are, are naked. The nakedness, you can see, you, you can see there's no modesty anymore. But that nakedness is nothing comparison to the nakedness of going there and hadn't appeared to God in the sinful body you sinned in. Are you listening to me now? You don't want to try to take this body. You do not want to die in the condition you're in with a body that has not been claimed for the resurrection. Because you have never known nakedness like that nakedness. Now, I watched her, this American group, dancing to the tune of rock and roll. And then he said, I heard that real sweet music come again. And here come that little bride coming again. And, and he says, this is what comes out though. And she walked by. And she was exactly like the one in the first place, walking to the step of the music of God's word, marching on by. And when I saw it, I stood there with both hands up crying like that. And when I come to, I was standing on my porch out there looking across the field. What? She's got to be the same bride, the same kind, built out of the same kind of material that she was at the first place. Now read Malachi 4 and see if we're not supposed to have a message. In the last days, it will turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers, back to the original Pentecostal message, word by word. Brothers, we are here. Amen. 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 That's my announcement to you this morning. Brothers, we are here. Amen. The same original Pentecostal message, word by word. You see, it was this age of Laodicea. There was to be the age that the church would return to being the bride she was at Pentecost. So we know there must be of necessity be a return of dynamic power. This is what's expected, you see. Now, as in the vision of the preview of the bride, the one at the beginning was reintroduced at the end. Now, Brother Branham tells us And what does it take to make a Christian life? He said, now, if the church of the living God, which is the pillar of truth, God intended this church to be a powerful church, a glorious church, a church that the whole world could look upon as a bride of Christ, well expected and espoused, and to live in such an atmosphere and conduct itself in such a way that God would be proud of this church to present it to Christ at the coming of the Lord. It should live in that characteristic in the church. It should be living that way. Hallelujah. Think about that, what he said. Amen. A glorious church, a powerful church. Notice as he said in the message, pardon. This is after the seals. God hates a powerless religion. It's got to be power. Certainly, it's a power to save a man from sin. It's a power. 
power that can do signs and wonders and miracles as Jesus promised. They zeroed in on the word of God back there and believed it and hit the target. You zero the same way on the word of God. It'll hit the target again. It's got to because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God don't like a powerless religion. God does not want that. God wants to perform. God wants to show himself alive. Our very hopes is the resurrection. Is that right? Our hopes of life is the resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, God wants to work in his church. Jesus said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. The works that I do shall you do also. John 14, 12. Now, God's relationship with his church, and I'm running out of time now. But let me just wind down and just get you a few points. God's relationship, I may cover this again, but his relationship with his church is to be like a loving marriage. Paul likens it to marriage. He says, husbands, love your wives. Ephesians 5.25, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water, of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now we know God is love. That's what God is. That's his nature. Amen. That's the essence of his great being. It's the substance that determines his character. That's why Brother Branham believed that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is divine love. Amen. Now, love is not its evidence. He told us that. Neither is shouting or speaking in tongues. It's evidence. Amen. But it's he that can receive the word of God, not just as a creed or a dogma, but as a life-changing experience that causes you to walk in his statutes and do his judgments. Amen. Now, so again, in contrast to the bride, there is a whorish woman who is claiming to be his queen. And she's a wicked woman. She has no love for him. She hates what he stands for. And she tries to change him into a creature of her own liking. But there is a people that he said, the bride will love him. Listen, God wrote it about you. Pick up your pen and write this. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. God's thoughts about you. The bride will love him and have his potentials. She will be like him because they will be one. Hallelujah. Can't you see? Can can I just get it just for a moment? Can I? Let's just let's just roll down just for a moment. I want to try to get down to this thought of of this Revelation chapter one. I've been hitting at it service after service, and as we as we speak at it for a moment, I want to just clench the nail as we go into this. But let's get this thought real clear. You know that that brother what brother Branham was talking about this oneness. Do you know when he looked at Revelation 1, at this mighty one, he first would see that as, instead of Christ, it being his bride? 
In Revelation 1, this mighty one, this one that was said, I'm he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Brother Branham would look at that, and he said, I see more than Jesus standing there. He said, I actually see his bride. Amen. This is from the seven church ages. He said, one, one likened to the Son of Man. He said, what was it? His bride. Can you imagine Brother Branham is looking at Jesus? And he sees more than Jesus. He sees you in there. Are you with me, church? He sees a people that are one with him. Amen. That when, that when you see her, you've seen the Father. When you see her, you see Jesus. Because she is his living representation of him upon the earth. She was covered with a, with a garment down to her foot. You remember, we were reading in Revelation 1. Amen, a garment down to her foot. He said, that's the holiness of Jesus Christ, covenant. Amen, and she was girded about a, the paps, and he said, with a golden girdle, he said, see, I, I see a, a man, not a man, I see a woman here. The gospel that held the power and the glory of God over the body of Christ. That's what I see, her girded about with a golden girdle. It's the gospel with power and glory of God over her body. The body of Christ. He said, I see more than Jesus. I see his body. I see his people there in Revelation 1. No wonder when he said, I am he that was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. It don't just speak of the groom. It speaks also of the bride. Because we were dead. But this message brought us resurrection life. Oh, he said his head and his hair was white like wool, the whitest of righteousness and holiness. And his eyes like flames of fire. He can look right through you. Don't try to hide from him. He knows who you are, what you are, what you've done. He sees everything. His feet were like fine brass. Brass also is, also is judgment. His feet then, the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, is set upon divine judgment, Christ dying in our stead, the just one paying for our judgments here, up there before, before God and died there as a sinner on the cross. His soul descended into hell and God not suffering his holy one to see corruption, raised him up on the third day for our justification who sits at his right hand now as a high priest and can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity which shall return in like manner as he went into heaven to receive a glorious church that's made herself ready, blood washed and second born. Hallelujah, she, amen, he called him the firstborn, she's secondborn. Amen, he was the, come on church, the firstborn, out from the dead. Amen, but because I live, you will live also. Thank you, Lord. Amen, the voice of many waters. His sound of his voice was the voice of many waters. It was like a roar. It comes roaring out of every scripture out of every prophecy, out of every true minister, yes. even out of your life. Right. His voice speaks out of you. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. What does the waters represent? If you want to mark it down, Revelation 17, 15, you'll find the Bible, the waters which thou sawest of thickness, multitudes and people in tongues. All right, voice. Oh, he says, what a horrible thing for a drifting soul on the sea of life. No pilot to guide him. 
loose and floating with the tides to hear the roars of the great cataracts, the falls. What a horrible thing it would be to a soul drifting voice of many waters. What is his voice? It's the judgment, the voice of the ministers. Hallelujah. My voice is in there. Amen. I'm not the only voice in there. But my voice is mixed in there. Your voice is in there. Come on, church. Amen. Every son and daughter of God, your voice is his voice. The voice of many waters cried out thickness and multitude. The voice of those seven stars in his hand, ever churching, preaching. Oh, my goodness, what are we doing? Preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The baptism in Jesus' name. Speaking in tongues. The power of God. The resurrection of Christ. The second coming. Divine judgment. The voice of many waters came forth from the one that was like the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon said his voice, Christ and his church as the bride and Christ being one like husband and wife is one. Christ and the church being molded together with one person, same Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Think about it. We have his same spirit, not another spirit, the same spirit. The things that Christ did, the church does also. Do you see it? That beautiful church there in holiness, in power, in majesty, with seeing visions, signs, wonders, everything, just like he did here on the earth, giving all praise to God. Christ molded into one. Hallelujah. Amen. Resurrecting power in a resurrected people. You're not dead, church. After 2,000 years, you've risen from the tombs. Sealed in a Baptist tomb, a Catholic tomb, a Methodist tomb, and sealed down and bound down with every kind of dogma. But death couldn't hold you because you were predestinated to life. You had to come forth. You couldn't stay there. Amen. You've been changed into his image until you become his voice here upon the earth. And now his voice is in his people. What a mighty God we serve. Let the musicians come right now. I want you to just reflect on this for a moment. I want you to think about it. Oh, you don't want to be there that day like a drifting soul out on the sea of time and your time's up here on the earth. You're caught in between. You can't go there and the judgment isn't yet. And you can't come back to earth. And you're caught. A wandering spirit waiting for your time for judgment. You don't think Brother Branham taught that? Go listen to present stage of my ministry. Listen to sermons like that. I can give you some other references. I think it's even in Countdown. There's several of them. He mentions it. A drifting soul. You know why? You didn't make an anchor here. You got to make your anchor here. He's got to be your anchor. Troubled waters are coming. Stabilizers are going to be on the ship. Brother Timothy read that the other day. He said, here's 
One of my favorite quotes, I can remember back in 1981, 1981, in Anniston, Alabama, I was struggling to find something to preach to a little congregation of people that lost their pastor. He died in a drowning accident. I went and helped bury him and then would pastor his church just as temporarily just to try to help them as intern. And there that morning as I struggled with what to preach, God had me to preach stabilizers on the ship. And there was a young hippie boy there with hair down to his shoulder, a shirt that wouldn't meet his belly or his pants and showed his belly button. A boy who had come to church there smoking marijuana. You know him. Vernon Winters. And that day in the presence of God, God sanctified him. He cried out to God and his wife at that time reached and grabbed him. She was just a young worldly girl. Sister Gina grabbed him and held him there and tried to comfort him, but he couldn't be comforted. He kept praying and crying out until God sanctified him through his marijuana out the window as he left the church. He would come and be a part of the church. And even though he had his struggles in his time, God would never let go of him. He always would be the stabilizer that would anchor him back again. And when he left from here, he left here anchored. But God wants to put stabilizers on your ship. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. God wants to do it for you. Where you become his voice, where you become one with him. Well, I don't think, I don't think this about, I don't think of this about, it doesn't matter the message. Uh, You can be saved and believe anything. I don't even know. Well, they, they present Jesus too. They talk about Jesus also. It don't matter. I'll keep my own identity. I'll live my own life. I'll do my own thing. I, I don't have to take his name. I, oh yeah, I can take it informally and get baptized. Maybe that'll make my parents happy. Get them off my back. Uh, maybe I'll get a few little pats on the back. People recognize me. You see, that baptizes you into the fellowship of believers. But it don't baptize you into Christ. There's only one by one spirit. We're all baptized into the body of Christ. Baptism will baptize you into the fellowship of a local body. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost... It baptizes you into the fellowship of Christ. Because now he is in you and you are in him. Wouldn't it be wonderful that somebody could look at you and see Jesus? Uh, it's, it's, It's not exactly him. But the way he sees acting, sees his wife, 
She just looks like the way she behaves, the way she talks, the way she addresses, the way she loves. She loves like Jesus. Is it time to have a stabilizer put on your ship? We're coming into some rough waters. It ain't getting better. Don't wait until this smoke binds your eyes. Because it'll get right down into that where you, you just can't see. And you'll be, your vision will be clouded and you'll be like seeing things just like the rest of the world. And they'll lead you off down a path. Come on here. Come on. Come on. Come walk with me. Some little girl at school or some boy or, or this or that or some comrade at work. Come on. Come walk with me. And you'll get pulled down along a path. Until their real identity is shown and they're not your friends and they begin to tear you to pieces take away your virtue your holiness take away your identity as a child of God pull you down a path of unrighteousness to where you're just in pieces your ears are gone you can't hear the spirit Your eyes are gone. They're plucked out until you can't see what is really going on in the world. Darkness overtake you and they leave you like a piece of garbage on the floor. Because that's the way the devil does. He'll use you for a moment. For his pleasure. And trash you. And leave you crumpled in a pile. And every time you move... He'll just pull you a little closer into the depths of despair. I want to talk to you just a moment. You bow your head just with me just a moment. You know your life is unstable. You know you've been pulled in every direction. You know exactly. But you hear. You hear. There's an exodus. You just like a little bite of the lamb this morning. Maybe that bite will only get you to justification, just where you, you, your sins of past are gone. But that would be a wonderful start. Got to start somewhere. So, well, everybody in the church is full fledged Christian. No, there are justified ones, there are sanctified ones. There are some people just been anointed with the Holy Ghost and they jump and shout and ran the aisle, but there are some that are really sealed to the day of redemption. But I'm asking you today, with the things that are coming on the land, there's this push to become vaccinated and a push to be inoculated and a push, all of them government decrees and Oh, we'll not force you and we're not, and then turn around and find ways to force you. And all of this, and Americans are standing up. It's my American right. I will not be vaccinated. You will not push me around. You've got all this fight. What good does it do? It's all for nothing. No matter whether you are or aren't. If you're not inoculated with Christ. I'll tell you what, I've got a vaccine today. 
that will inoculate you from sin. That inoculate you and make you a real child of God. Change you in his presence. I want to ask you if you received that. It's a divine vaccine. It was a prescription given by an ancient prophet by the name of Peter who gave a divine prescription that's unchangeable because God don't have to change it. Sin may mutate. Sin may come a different way. Sin may come and now in the way of your cell phone and pornography and all kinds of things and ways and gates is open. It may change it. It may have variance. You may be faced with variants that other ages have never faced. But this inoculation is against everything that Satan could do. No matter how much it mutates, evolves, or changes. Sin may get worse, but this inoculation is even better. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall come. Call. Peter, what shall we do? What shall we do? How can we get inoculated? Repent, everyone. You see, it starts with repentance. Maybe if I can just get you there today. If I can just get you there. If we can just begin there, repentance. Would you just lift a hand toward God and say, Lord, I need a cleansing today. I need a real purging, Lord. I need forgiveness of my sins. I really do. I need forgiveness. I want your forgiveness. If, if you just lift a hand up toward him, that's the start. That's right. You already got your hand up. You want to just raise it a little higher. Just raise it up to him. Say, Jesus. You see, the Bible said, He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you call on him. And you say, Jesus, pardon me, Lord. Pardon me, I want, I want a cleansing. Maybe, maybe it's more than that, you see, but I got these symptoms of sin, Brother Tim. I got these habits. I, I, I know they're not right, and I know I got I to gotta have the symptoms of this red disease cause sin off of my life. I want to be free from it today. You know that you've got a weight that so easily besets you. And you want to say, God, remember me this morning. Remember me. Would you raise your hand to him? Remember me, Lord. You say, Brother Tim, it can't happen like that. Listen, listen, I, I can go back to a young man sitting in my meetings. Sitting in my meetings, a chain smoker, couldn't quit. Wanted to quit, but he couldn't. Right in the middle of my preaching, he screamed out, I'm delivered, I'm delivered, I'm delivered. And he never went back to smoking again. Gone forever. You may not be a smoker. But what about it? What about it? Is there some temper? Is there something? Is there some habit? Is there some complex? Is there something you'd just like to yield to God right now in His presence? He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. 
What about you? People are so confused about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some claim they got it and some don't know it to have. And some, Well, why don't we just go in for a real refilling of the Holy Ghost today? Why don't we just start right there and say, Lord, I need a refilling. I need a refilling. I'd just like you to, I just want another surge of the Spirit. I, I, I just want to be washed. I want to just be cleansed again. I, I want to I have a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I want, a, I want a refilling of your Spirit, Lord. I want to experience you in a greater way than I've ever experienced. I, I want to be a part of them that feels that change coming over me, feels the surge of the Holy Ghost. And, oh, did you just bathe down over me? And I just, I just fall in love with you all over again. I just feel I'm falling in love. Oh God, I've been wounded. I've been hurt. I've been confused. But I just want to fall in love with you one more time. I just want to fall in love. I, I, I just want to go back to my first love. Lord, I, I, there are things that's taken away my joy and things away that, that it's just ain't like the newness. Bring me back to the newness again. Bring it back to the newness. Lord, I'm just so in love with you, Jesus. Just so in love with you. Till all the world just fades away. All I can, all I just, my life just wants to please you. A renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said in Acts chapter 4, when they prayed again those that had been filled were filled with the Holy Ghost insomuch the house was filled with the Holy Ghost and and it moved oh may there be a movement of the Spirit this morning may there be a moving of the Spirit today moving in your life Lord Jesus name Jesus' name. Take it over with him. Just worship him for a moment. Well, I've anchored my soul in that haven of breath. And I will sail the wild seas no more. The may sweep for me but in Jesus I'm safe evermore sing it one more time I've anchored I've anchored be called by any other name. I want to be called by your name. The team. Oh, the wild only me. I'm saved evermore. 
must come and bathe you down again. been lifted to you, mine too, Lord. Don't leave me out. Let me be filled again with your spirit of newing of the Holy Ghost. A bathing down of your spirit. A washing of the water of the word. Washing out unbelief, doubts and fear. Washing out sin and wickedness. Oh, Jesus. There are those, Lord, lifted a hand to you and say, Lord, I just want to repent. I, I, I don't think any of us should be so big that we can't do that, Lord. Brother Brandon would say, I repent every day of my sins. I, I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. Because we, Lord, make all kinds of mistakes along life's journey. So many things, Lord, we just don't do right. Maybe we waste away our time. We don't surrender. We don't communicate with you, Lord. Like a bride to the groom. We shun you. We push you away. The busyness of life takes us. But today we want to lay it all on the altar, Lord. We want resurrection power to lift us up above that. Lord, I just ask, Father, that you do it. Lord, there are those that are crying out, sanctify me. Sanctify me, Lord. I've got the sin that so easily besets. I have this habit. I have this complex. I have this this something that ain't like you Jesus wash it all in your blood may the word purge them today there are those Lord crying out to you feel me Lord I want to know that I know that I know that I know I don't want to guess about it I want the reality of God in my life I want to just be purged and in your presence and your likeness Jesus, will you just come, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
got a need and you want prayer right now, just make your way down. bow their heads right now. I just want you to be in prayer real sincerely right now in Jesus' name.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 